Welcome to North Beats from North Beach. I'm your host, Corey Luna. Today I feature Peaked, episode two. This was our second show that Rich Hogman and I did together at Supply Frame over in San Francisco. We featured Roy Shade and Density and Time. Density and Time runs resonant frequencies in Oakland on the first Sunday of every month. And I'll be going out there myself pretty soon to play a show in July. Our second show went very well. We had a wonderful crowd, some reoccurring people. A lot of the, the Res Freak group came out and, and showed their support. So I want to give a great shout out to everybody that so that goes out to that show and came out to our show as well. I really appreciate it, guys, and it was lovely to see everybody. Roy Shade had a really cool set and a fun interview, and Density and Time, equally fantastic performance, really technical, and really got in-depth on, on what controls what in his set. Really absolutely fabulous to listen to. Please enjoy Peaked 2. Good evening, everyone. Thank you very much for coming out to Peaked. This is our second show. We'll be featuring Roy Shade first and Density and Time after. This is a meetup for electronic music makers. Thank you very much, and I'd like to welcome Roy Shade to the stage to start off our first set.
Roy Shade, everybody.
Thank you. Boy, thanks you very much for playing today, man. Really appreciate you coming out. So, right, uh, tell us a little bit about the set use you uh, just played for us, a little bit about the equipment and your preparation. Sure. Uh, I guess it's easiest to start with the equipment, right? Um, uh, I've been playing around with Euclidean patterns because they're easy and they sound good together. Um, I try not to make too much music when I make music, so really just hopefully it's just a clean, safe place for kick drums. So um, I have, like, literally, I think, five of the six things six of the six things in there can make kick drum sounds, just in case. <laughs> so, um... It's always good to have a backup. Right, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, it's really, uh, that's about it. It's about like trying to um, not say too much. So the instruments are kind of chosen accordingly to um, not have too much of a long game and don't have like too much, um, um, you know, like baggage, I guess. So like, the reason I like the sort of kick drums with dark sounds is because they're just like, everybody knows what kick drum is, but it means something different to everybody else. So it's like the least I can do. <laughs> uh, and then just something to kind of keep it thinking. Tell me a little bit about what what's one of the newest modules you've been playing around with. Uh, the newest module is actually, uh, sorry, it's the same answer. It's the Euclidean circles. I've been putting off getting it for a long time, and it's exactly what I needed, and it's totally worth the space, and it's easy to use, even intoxicated. <laughs> As opposed to, like, other options, which are not. So you have, um, I used to use the ornament and crime for the Euclidean stuff, because it's right there. It's really good. It's better than the uh, Euclidean circles for, like, what you can do. But uh, it's hard to edit when you're not completely concentrating on it. <laughs> so So with you using Euclidean now, what are you using ornament and crimes for? I miss the envelopes. So I'm still triggering the ornament and crimes. Sometimes I'm triggering it from the Euclidean. Sometimes I'm triggering it from a clock just to sort of, because that's the whole point is to have like a, a layer of something on a layer of something that layers on something. So you can put a layer on it. And that's what's nice about the Euclidean stuff is it doesn't take you too long to find something that sits with something else as long as they're not like clashing in the frequency range. <laughs> you, you, you can get away with murder. So the, anyway, the envelopes are on top of that and some of them are Euclidean too. And basically what's great about using like an LFO for a sequencer is you can reset it. So you can bring it back down to the clock and then let it do whatever weird it wants to do and then reset it again. But every time it moves, it can also send a trigger and also send a value. So you get all this extra music for free, like just by sequencing something, like pitches come out of it too, or like modulations or something. So um, I'm pretty sure you asked me how I was doing and I told you how to build a watch, but uh, <laughs> yeah, things are going great. Um, yeah, so uh, preparing for the set is a lot of experimentation and then a gig comes up and you're going with what works or what did work, right? Sometimes you want to experiment on a gig. Actually, uh, uh, Density and Time, who's playing later, has an uh, amazing event that like welcomes all kinds. So if you want to come and like put your best foot forward, come have an awesome performance, amazing venue, beautiful lighting, great sound. The, the guy who runs it's nice. <laughs> and playing next. Oh, you talk about resonant frequencies? Res freak, yeah, uh, right there. Um, so you can go. You can like put your best foot forward get a reaction, or you can go and like put your worst foot forward. Like just get weird, experiment, bring instruments you don't like, bring something you don't play, I'm thinking of selling it, this is your last chance. Like you can bring it either way. 
So when you have a gig, laughs of acknowledgement. So when you have a gig coming up, you're sort of playing around, and then you want to put your best foot forward. So you kind of put together what worked. And what's nice about modular is, you know, if you don't mind taking it apart every morning, playing it at night, and then taking it apart again, um, it is modular. You know, and they make it easy online. You can play like Django in the web page to put your case together. You can figure out how much you spent on it and also how much power it needs and stuff like that. So uh, preparing for a gig is like trying to figure out what works, figuring out the modules that are talking to me. I try not to have too many more than I actually can fit, fit in the case. And then um, trying not to overdo it because after a while you work on a song long enough, you start to hate it. So I try not to, I hate to say it, but I try not to practice too much when a gig is coming up. Like all that stuff is for like when you're trying to figure it out. But when you have a gig coming up, you want to kind of not be tired of hearing what you're doing because you get really self-conscious anyway. Like for you, that was probably, okay, so here's how it feels to me. It feels to me like to you, 15 minutes is three hours. So I'm up there going, don't be boring, don't be boring, don't be boring. Oh God, there's like a thing chasing you, right? But it's all my perception of how, uh, is my perception. So you've got this like crazy clock running and uh, it's a little hard to concentrate sometimes. And sometimes it's a little hard to hear. So um, you're just kind of going with motor memory at some point, like, oh, what do I do after this? Well, I don't want to do it again, you know, because it'll never feel the same time. You can't step in the same river, river twice, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you try not to, or I try not to be over-rehearsed because um, frankly, I don't want to play um, Freebird every night. Uh, nobody gives a heck who I am, am or what my song is, right? So I'm really free to do whatever I'm feeling at the moment. There's no like, you know, set pieces with lighting and stuff. Um, so you want to be in the moment. Uh, and you also want to have stuff that works so that you know where it is when you're not really thinking too clearly. Would you start with modular? Oh, uh, you know, there's all these jokes about the gateway drug. I'll get that out of the way. You build a couple modules from kit and you're like, you're just super practical. You're like, for my, me, it was like, oh, my favorite synthesizer is the Evolver. I'm gonna get basically parts to build an Evolver. And you start making it from kit, and you're like, yeah, that's pretty good. Because <laughs> it is good, like it's really rewarding. And then after a minute, you're like, but I, you know, I understand there's this other module. <laughs> that kit looks a little hard to build. So, and then like next thing you know, you're like full retail. And then that's part of the story. But uh, part of the reason is because the modules sound good, they're responsive, it's an instrument, so it's not like playing a computer. You're literally playing something you're falling in love with while you're touching it, which is amazing. So it's very much like playing your favorite guitar. It just speaks to you. So that uh, comes at a price sometimes for some people. Some people, God bless them. Oh, you know, there's a guy called uh, Kinkus. I can't pronounce his last name, but I know how to pronounce his first name from um, near Mexico City, apologies. Um, who's gonna be in town this weekend, right? And he's a big DIY guy, right? So you can watch his YouTube channel, even if you don't know how to solder. He'll show you how to solder. He'll tell you what to order. Part of the problem with getting into kits is like, it's like a choose your own adventure that you like lose every time. So you get all the parts and you're like, oh, I'm put the, ready to put this thing together. And then you go to put together, you're like, oh, the L stands for left, I get it now. So now you have to go rebuy some freaking potentiometer that you were like, I'm gonna save all this money. And you're paying like FedEx rates now. So, yeah, DIY can be a, a, a bit of a pain, uh, but that's where it's. We all know it. Right? I don't, yeah. <laughs> I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Yeah. 
Not at all, but um, you know, it's great to hear your perspective. It's really, really uh, refreshing to hear it again and again, of course. But um, is there any particular models that have been a staple in your system over the years? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the ONC, of course. Um, the BIA is just, you know, it's just rock solid. It can be a bass, it can be a lead, it can be weird, it can be metallic. I cut it through like a 303 filter, so you get a lot of control over it because it's kind of insane. But you can just touch it and it changes and it's weird and all just interesting ways. It's all sweet spot. And the other is the transient, which is, uh, they call it a sampler, but it is really a thing that you use as samples to make things. Um, so it's very much like an Octatrack in that way where you just put a couple samples in it, you hit random, and it usually comes up at least interesting. Um, so yeah, so it's a sampler, but like if you're gonna put your favorite kick drums in it and try to play them, that's out. Uh, so those two. Very cool, man. Thank you very much. Sure, thank you for having me. Yeah, Roy Shade, everybody. And on AV, we have Rich Hogbent. Yeah, settled in. We're about to listen to Density and Time. Grab a drink, guys. Have enjoy. It's my pleasure to introduce Density and Time.
Density and time, everybody. Kevin, thank you very much for coming out and playing today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Tell us a little bit about your set tonight. Um, my set, you can see a little bit up there. Um, so bottom row is sequencers and mixers and basically hands-on control. The middle row is pretty much a make noise skiff in the middle with the DPO and maths and function. Um, there's an herb verb on the left of the case. And then on the top, you'll see the top left is pretty much noise engineering, then it moves on to chaos devices, and then some mutable instruments stuff. Um, and yeah, so the voices are the BIA, and the manis are the kick and the snare. The herb verb is the hi-hat, so it's just feeding back, and then we're kind of sending envelopes to it to open and close it in different ways. Um, and then we have the DPO as a complex oscillator voice and the uh, Loquelic, the LIP from Noise Engineering as another voice. And then Clouds is an effect on a send return. Very cool, man. Uh, what's one of the prime modules you've been using most recently that's, that's new to your rack? Uh, the most recent addition is the Manus, which is using as a snare drum, and um, really been digging into pitched percussion, um, and then really making it quite distorted, so it's fun, and uh, it gives you kind of hand-on control to where um, I'm using the kick drum and the drums as a, a bass, and that's a solid, and then I'm able to, on the fly, through quantization, change those pitches while the melodic sequences are going on their own. So it's kind of fun to have a root and then kind of solo it when you want to have more hands-on control and then go back to kind of a palette, as I like to think of it, like drums and melodic stuff are separate. Nice. And when did you get started in modular? Um, I got my first modular about two, two and a half years ago, I believe. It was a Mother 32, which was a semi. And uh, I had a bunch of fixed architecture since before and uh, um, was at the last Moogfest in Asheville and was able to uh, pick one up and um, right when they came out. And then, yeah, it's just been a downward spiral from there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's really awesome. Um, and have you been building, or are you just are you uh, or not building at all? Uh, I've done a, a little bit of DIY for Eurorack stuff. I've built some pro audio stuff DIY, um, but they're a little bit different. I don't do so well with the surface mounted, the uh, the solder paste stuff. I do normally through hole stuff, and um, yeah, just trying to keep things within one case and um, yeah. So I, I I've been. This is my limit as far as I'll, as big as I'll go, but I've just been defining smaller cases for specific purposes and being able to limit myself and explore that, like the limitations. I find I get more out of a smaller set of purposeful uh, modules. Yeah, I like that idea a lot because I'm, I'm, I'm personally I'm all about you know downsizing my Eurorack at home and, and doing as much as I can with as few modules. Right. Well, I, I built it one module at a time. You know, I started with the mother and then I got one thing in addition to that. So it really was an exponential um, as far as how the modules started 
influencing each other, and I definitely believe in getting one module at a time or just a few and really learning those inside and out because it's helped me develop more complex ideas off of those simple building blocks. What have been some of the most essential modules you've used over the years? My sweat's done, apparently. <laughs> um, function modules, um, modules like logic and attenuators, things, utility modules that are boring, they have opened up so much more hands-on and playability and control over the seemingly uncontrollable. So lots of utilities. So for example, there's uh, last month we had Matt Bidoff play and one of his modules that he's, that was new to his rack was uh, DivKid's uh, mutes. Mm -hmm. And I was curious if you're using something like, you know, as you said, a lot of the utilities are you know, even more useful, as, as you said. Yeah, the, I use a mixer in the rack, the Qubit mixer, which is uh, four mono channels and a stereo send return, or if you don't use that in a way, you can send a stereo channel into there. Um, and then I use a little bit of groupings of sub mixers, but the Qubit mixer, you can see here, has, um, Mutes and solos, so you can have like one channel already muted and then solo that and everything else will drop out and then release the one button and everything will else come back in. So definitely um, mutes are, are very, very useful. Just for simple things, bringing in a hi-hat in and out or a snare drum or um, not even if it's routing CV to other things. That's one thing that I, I think I need to get more of is like a sequential switch. Very cool, man. <laughs> Thanks. And are there any modules that you have that you're thinking about that you don't have yet that you want to incorporate into your set? Um, well, yeah, but <laughs> that's a loaded gun. <laughs> um, what do you got your eye on lately? Uh, well, I'm trying to squeeze more out of the HP that I have. So looking at Monsoon to replace Clouds, which is essentially the same thing, but a slimmer uh, footprint as well as a little bit more control over the blend parameter um, and then Yeah, trying to bring some things that are not in the rack back in so I've got another noise engineering voice that I want it to live in there and then um, Yeah, hopefully I can keep it keep it in the case <laughs> Well Kevin, thank you very much for playing tonight. It was really a, a fantastic set. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Dead seat in time, everybody. Thank you so much. Everybody, thank you very much for coming out to Peak 2 with Roy Shades and Density in Time. If, you, if anyone has any questions, please come on, come on up, ask the performers about their sets, about their racks, and we'll Welcome see you on. next month. Thank you very much. MTS with Neva Novo for the next two hours.